Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We finished. We finished the True Bastards. I almost forgot the name for a second there. There's a lot of bastards books. <laughs> a lot of books. Uh, we finished this one though. This is the second one in the series by Jonathan French. I want to. I want to do a quick warm up because we've got to. You know how it is. It's gonna be very dumb. But, you know, that's kind of a surprise. Check the, check the episode description if you want to skip. Here we go. This is going to focus in on very few people. Okay. It's going to be similar to, if you recall my rant about Blackberry Jam, <laughs> it's going to be in that. A timeless that classic. A timeless classic. <laughs> yeah. So I am one of those people that eats the same lunch every day. Oh, me too. Okay. I have a squad. And I, I have a sandwich. Uh-huh. And on that sandwich is a nice thing, big slice, Swiss cheese. Okay. Okay. Not many people eat a lot of Swiss cheese. Yeah, bold choice and to here's the Swiss thing. cheese, but fine. It's, it's the best that goes with my sandwich. I've, I've curated the sandwich over years, Dan. <laughs> okay, Um sure. This is not like, you know, you go to the store and just buy, like, slices of Swiss cheese. No. It's garbage. Yeah not doing that you gotta get the block you get you get a block and you cut your own slices because that way you can make them thicker yeah here's the thing dan i don't know if people are aware of this apparently we're having a huge swiss cheese shortage because i haven't been able to get my swiss cheese in months hold on figure it out you guys because there's all the other cheeses (laughs) i've had to go pepper jack for like the last two months chaos pepper jack is not nearly the same palate quality as swiss cheese Mm-mm. i'm gonna say I tried it. out cheddar i don't go cheddar Mm-mm. i prefer pepper jack i'll say to swiss cheese in a normal situation i do think this actually is very interesting because there have been some weird shortages during the quarantine pandemic times mm-hmm. i read a story a fascinating story recently about the shortage of bucatini pasta Mm. are you familiar with bucatini pasta like the the fresh stuff that's in the refrigerator section no is that it no no that's a different kind that's a brand bucatini is spaghetti imagine okay imagine a spaghetti now okay put a hole in the middle of the spaghetti okay that's bucatini I'm, but there's like, it's not penne. No, it's long. These are long, thin okay. noodles, like spaghetti. I think I've never had that. Yeah. So I've had it once. It's pretty luxurious. I've and so- it seems like it would pick up the sauce really well. It would store so much sauce in there. Now, this is, I think this is related. One, they both got holes going through them. That's abnormal mm-hmm. for both of these mm-hmm. pastas or for both of these foods. <laughs> but two, there are shortages of both of these things right now. Right. I will say this, my claim about there being a Swiss cheese shortage, the only evidence I have of that is that it's not in my grocery store mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And it usually is. The label is there. The label says Swiss cheese. There's not Swiss cheese above it. Now, are you sure you're just not going too late in the day? Like they get their Swiss cheese delivery, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., the Swiss cheese monster shows no. up, puts it all in his cart, checks out. So there's there's a possibility of that. I I I will say it's happened like four times in a row. Okay, right, because it's not I, that's that's over the course of like three months, and there's other cheeses in the Swiss cheese row. Real, so it's not like the Swiss cheese row is always just empty. A side note: Have you tried like a Havarti? Have we branched out or are we just... I've tried some things. The thing is, you need it. I need it in one of those big blocks. Yeah, you got to have a block. And I, I'm i not going to go to the fancy cheese section. Okay, well, that... like I don't have the funds for that. Right, that's fair, but that might be your problem, honestly. Yeah. The, I feel like Swiss cheese is like right on the border. I eat a lot of I eat a lot of cheese. This is my daily sandwich. I'm not a, I'm not gonna be able to buy like a weekly ten dollar block of cheese. Yeah, but that's busting my my lunch budget. 
Well, Luke, we've, we've I'm all... already splurging for this fancy bread. Oh, you go fancy bread too? Well, I mean, like fancy is in like the. Oh. <laughs> this is some exciting pre-show banter we've got. Luke, tell us in detail your lunch I don't, you do. Every I don't day. do the just like the just like cheap loaf. All right, that's, that's weak sauce. I go for the like the uh, I forget the brand name, but it's like the twelve grains. Oh, sure, it's a little heartier. You know, fills you up a little bit more. Luke, I'm worried we might fiber. have the like same, the same lunch. Oh no, what's it, your sandwich? Well, I do. It's, it can't be the same. I, I don't do Swiss, but I'm, I'm worried our breads are the same because mine's like 12 grain. It comes in a green grain. bag. Ooh, mine's yeah. red, okay. but there's a lot. This cool. brand has a lot of different types. <laughs> okay, the 12 grain is the best. <laughs> This has turned from something that some people might be interested in to Luke and Dan talking about whether or not they buy the same brand of bread from the grocery store. So maybe let's talk about the book now. Please, let's save us. Save the, save the show. Let's, whoever, whoever's editing this week needs to cut. Okay. <laughs> let's get into it. We finished Free into. Bastards. Everything's no, the True game. Bastards. Free Bastards is the next one. Oh, yeah. We finished True Bastards. Everything from, I'm going to say, True Bastards and Grey Bastards is fair game for this episode. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. First thing I want to start with is I think we need to reevaluate our rankings that we talked about last mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Because now, at the beginning of this section, I thought we had our rankings spot on because we see a tine deflect a thrown axe with a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. And I was I I read that and was like, okay, yeah, tines are at the top. Are you kidding me? A throwing axe. This guy deflects a throwing axe with a bow and arrow shot. Right. Pretty good. Incredible. But reading on, I'm worried we may have put half orcs way too low. Mm, okay. The thing with this, I think, is that the range of half orcs, I think, is much wider than the range of anything else. Yes, I think you're right. But because I'm when we were ranking the elves, mm-hmm. I was at least was including and at least in assuming that they had some magic stuff, which some of them use those little, like, their clarinets to great effect. Yeah. I don't know if that's a common weapon or if others have, like, more magic that they can they can throw at you. I It that seems was like my, they do, right? Yeah. So, like, an average elf with maybe a little bit of magic still maybe seems at least reasonably within the range of an average half work okay i'm gonna say two things the first is i think we should clarify the tines aren't like blowing into these clubs they're just waving them around they're just waving them around i'll I'll admit i said they were like recorders last episode uh and i want to clarify that is not what jonathan intended jonathan intended that you understand them as like wave, like spinning them in a circle, and that causes the mm-hmm. air to go through them and make the sound. Okay, so little, little correction there for both of us. Secondly, I think we might have a representation of an average tine. I don't think we actually have a half orc that is close to the average, mm. because if we consider jackal oats hoodwink fetching as like the top of half orc quality then think of how effective they are like they're able to take on the top of like every other like race that's out there Mm -hmm. and like seems like doing pretty well fetching at one point takes on this snake demon and does okay for a while, which seems wild to me. So, yeah. So I don't know if we actually even have like a middle in the half orcs. Like, I don't know. Like, I think we were tempted to say that like Polecat was somewhere in the middle. 
That one's going to be mine. Right? But I don't think Polecat is even average. If we're taking just like... I, I feel like it should be higher than Polecat. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you think you think Polecat is below average? Right. Just because of how how high we can go. Like, the pinnacle of Half-Work pulls that average up so far. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there are outliers that are bringing up the average. Yeah. So you're talking, you're talking mean, not median. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking median. I'm talking the mean here. <laughs> we need to get the like actual average of this because we need to take into account these outliers who are just like changing the game in a huge way. Right. Do we count slop heads? Oh no. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no too. I think we count the like average of the fighting force of each of these groups yeah right because we're not counting like children or babies you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but sl- i don't consider slop heads as i don't know um the other thing is we don't know a ton about the other hoofs ah uh, i i think that after this section i might be edging half works above the times as the average like one if i want one fighter next to me i think i might be going half work but it's it's close i i will say too fetching had like greater ability than the average half orc because Mm -hmm. of her half elven blood but they're all called half orcs right no one else is making this distinction so i'm not going to either right i'm gonna say but also now do we count thrices because those are like yeah still half orcs but okay yeah Yeah, thrices count fine i'm and you know what if i'm being honest i think technically the ruination is a half orc yeah okay (laughs) right right and i mean fetch is like has those abilities by the end some of them it seems like yeah yeah it seems like which was which was big but i don't i don't know if i because that's bringing the mean up very high i know okay here's here's what i'll say with that the ruin ruination that walks is like team half work for all we know Mm -hmm. at this point it seems like they're going to be team half orc they're not team orc that's for sure right yeah i mean i i see the logic but i don't know if i all right all right all right all right. let's make this easy let's forget about him let's leave that off i think half orcs i'm gonna say if they're not slightly above tines are neck and neck here Mm mm-hmm I'm going to say it's okay. very close now. Whereas before it was like, definitely not. Tynes can jump like all the way to the top of a cliff. No way. But then we see some in combat and it's like, eh, kind of, I don't know. Turns out, turns out your verticals are not quite as important for hand to hand combat. Right. Right. It's, it helps. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right. But, but, it, uh... but in very specific environments. Right. Right. It's more of a basketball stat. Other thing about the times, they have this ruling system where they're like, we're going to let our future, the kids, make our decisions for us. Sounds like a good idea. Those decisions are going to affect the kids more than the adults. Something that we lament often in our society I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> Luke, you, you end up with Gatorade in the water fountains, okay? <laughs> right. Which is, uh, well, actually, I mean, I don't know why that's a bad example, but... <laughs> because it's like what every kid in their school president speech said that they would do. Well, it has a lecture light stand. That's fair. It's what plants crave. But I don't know. I just... Some of them are really young. (laughs) And like they speak with a lot of authority. Right. And I don't think that they make any necessarily bad decisions in this case. But you got to think that like there's some mistakes being made. 
Well, okay, sure. But, like, that's true of literally any leader. Fair. Like, and I, I will say, in this scenario, I feel like, for the times, decisions aren't super hard. Is that fair? <laughs> Is that fair to say? It's like, keep everybody out of our property, <laughs> uh, look super cool, and... Right, like, I don't really know what's going on. I don't know if there are, like, make-or-break situations going on for the times right now. Oh... Yeah, I mean, they seem very isolationist, so it seems like they're just sticking with that policy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that once a year they have that, like, should we maybe talk to other people? And they're all like, mm, no. Ooh, Luke, this is it. This is why the times are the way that they are, is because they're run by a bunch of teens who are listening to way too much My Chemical Romance mm-hmm. and are having, like, a moody emotional phase where they're like i just don't want to deal with i can't deal with that right now i can't do Mm -hmm. that this is too Mm -hmm. much i just want to like listen to my music in my cool room right they're like they're like in the they're in the phase where it's it's cool to say that like you hate people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. right right and so they just don't want to get involved and the people behind them are all their parents and they're constantly leaning down and being like hey you should really eat your vegetables because it'll help you grow and they're like god i hate you mom you know what mom you're grounded Ooh, and they can do it too they can they really can really flips the power dynamic there huh when you're like okay actually now that i think about this though just aside from having people like kids lead your society, mm-hmm. think about the incentives that that's putting forth in your school, right? Because I'm assuming they've got some schools. I'm assuming that it's like top student from each grade <laughs> gets brought up into the into the government. That's my guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably, probably. Unless they have like an elective you can take that's like model UN, but it, they just mm. take the model off of it and it's just like UN. <laughs> Whoever, whoever signs up quickest. I mean, not a great system. I'll be honest. Yeah, probably not great. They also might not want to. You know what I mean? Like when I was in high school, mm. I didn't want to be in student government. It sounded like the worst thing of all time. I have to organize yeah, a rally. Yeah, but that's because student government didn't do things. Yeah, but like, what is this? Imagine if you like your student government was like, I'm going to allocate where we spend our tax money. That's fair. If a student you'd government... be like, okay, now I can actually get pizza for lunch every day instead of just promise it. If the student government got to decide who banished who from the school forever, uh, I would probably be more invested. That's that a fair would, point. That would that would rule. I'm banishing all of my bullies. Get out of here. Yeah, but Luke, jokes on you. All your bullies are on the council too. Oh, man, I'd watch that show. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we got to We got to Let's move on a little bit here. Okay, I want to move back a little bit from this scene where we find out about the young people who run this time society. At one point, we're given a little history lesson, or maybe it's more of a mythology lesson. It's hard to tell about where the elves came from. And so the story goes that the elves had this like great zone, a beautiful forest. And then the orcs came from the like deep jungle and forced them out. And the ensuing like battle caused the ocean to overcome this land and like force the tines out of their like paradise, you know, very like Adam and Eve garden of Eden kind of deal. Uh, but a part of the story that's very interesting to me is that they say that the orcs were made. Mm. Who is making these orcs and why? What are you doing? You really need to stop. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm kind of bored. So let's make a new life form. This thing's going to be really big and strong. Uh, not very smart, and just the horniest motherfucker in the land. Just constantly. 
dangerously yeah. horny. Very, yeah, very much so. <clears throat> Talk about a bad hobby. It's pretty yeah. destructive. I imagine they're also the one responsible for making the Betrayer Moon and making all the centaurs mm-hmm. go buck wild. For sure. I think this has got to sure. be the same. This is the same thing that's at work here. Right. Just a just someone messing around, trying to create. They're like this. This place is too good. Okay. It's, uh, it's gotta be just the grossest dirty boy, right? Because we learn a little bit about how these orc sorcerers are made, and they're filled with this sludge, filth, gross stuff. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Centaurs also during the Betrayer Moon are very just nasty and terrible. They're gross. They are. I would agree. Luke, have we met another gross boy in these oh, books? No. Okay, I feel like we've met a lot of gross boys. We have met a lot of gross boys. Where where I'm going where you, with you just said that is our little skinny poop guy. Interesting you would say skinny poop guy. Hmm. For the from the beginning of this book. Perhaps Skinny Poop Guy has more than meets the eye going on. Luke, is this a god? Okay. Is this a god walking around? I think, I think so. Not walking around, spinning around. Spinning around, always spinning around, pooping. <laughs> the gross boy. I have, to, I have to think so. I don't know why else he would be in there. Yeah. Yeah, it could be, it could be a call, like a foreshadowing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, next book, Jonathan's going to say, hey, you guys remember that gross skinny boy? Well, oh, you should have paid more attention to him. And Luke and I are going to be like, don't worry, Jonathan, we were. <laughs> we, yeah, you can't, you can't get us on that one. Mm-mm, not possible. I just think, I think that's probably it. Yeah, I, f- I feel good about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's interesting to think about the idea that there, one day they were just suddenly orcs and they were terrible. They were just the worst neighbors of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Not a great, not a great start to a relationship between the elves and the orcs. The good thing about this section actually is when we learn more about this sludge, Mm -hmm. like we get a lot of information and it really explains the ending of the last book, actually. Like when Fetching is able to kill the Sludge Man. Yes. That was kind of neat. Yes, it was a great Cause, time. Because I was, I was a little like, I remember at the end of the last book, it was like, oh, she can, since she's elf, she can just like go in there and do it. But uh, this gives like a much more in detail. I'm, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Had to wait a while, but there we go. Mysteries are, are starting to be unraveled a little bit. We're getting, we're getting into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Something that something that might be controversial. So the names of the Tynes, who are Starling's family. We heard about Ghost Last Sung, and I'm all for it. I think mm-hmm. Ghost Last Sung, your name is outstanding. Whoever gave that to you, ten out of ten, great name. And then we get Ghost's last sung son. And they decided to go with Blood Crow for him. Ah, uh, I'm going to say 6 out of 10 for Blood Crow. That seems high for me. <laughs> I'm very meh on Blood Crow. I'm not I'm not for Blood Crow. I feel like if you name your son Blood Crow, you're like as making your son be a terrible person. You can't be a good a good dude named Blood Crow. Dad, I just want to paint. Son, your name is Blood Crow. You will fight the orcs and you will make them taste your wrath. Yeah, I just Dad, I'm really Can into you change tap your name dance? when you turn 18 in this society. We don't know how names are really bestowed upon people in time culture mm, it true. does maybe you earn your name it it maybe you earn your name which like how did you earn blood crow 
how did you earn ghost last song <laughs> that i'm interested in that i'm like i want to hear that that's story. a that's a story blood curl i'm like okay i can guess this one <laughs> i could guess I don't really. There's like a few ways it could go, but not too many. And I'm not really interested in any of it, but you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me how you got it because you've courted me at this party and you told me your name. And I went, oh, that's an interesting name because it's Blood Crow. Right. Ghost last song I picture at this party is being a little aloof. Mm-hmm. But you really want to hear the story, but he's not going to tell it. Right. Right. He's sitting in the corner. He's doing a little strider, strider action, mm-hmm. puffing a pipe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the eyes, all the eyes are drawn to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he sucks. Meanwhile, Blood Crow's over here vaping while chugging a four loco, and he's like, "You guys want to hear how I got my name?" Everyone's <laughs> like, "You tell it every giving time." Them, we're giving them completely different personalities based on just their name. Yeah, uh, I think it's earned. I, I do too. I do too. Um. Now, good names. I like a name that, like, means a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Has a cool little rhythm to it. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't. Luke? It's garbage. You hear that, Luke's mom? <laughs> Trash name. Speaking of interesting names, mm-hmm. how are we pronouncing our halfling friend who has the the tongue eyeball? I'm... Shrekus? Shreka? I, I was going with Zreka. Zreka. Otherwise, okay. it's Shreka. <laughs> I love Shreka, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I like Shreka, too. Let's go with Shreka. It's Shreka. Uh, Shreka's, like, little f- Fus Roda, I feel like it wasn't as good as we were expecting it to be. Is that true, or are we just not seeing its full potential? Well, I think she's putting it up against, like, top-tier warriors, mm-hmm. right? Like, Okay, fair. Like, <laughs> again, I'm going to pick on Polecat. If Polecat gets caught in this <laughs> thing, he's getting torn to pieces. Okay. Polecat's going down. Right, because she only uses it on our, our Ruin guy and Jackal. Yes, that's right. And both of them have, like, special powers. Mm-hmm. And, like, very special powers, I'll say. Like, Jackal seems kind of invincible. Yeah, what's going on with Jackal? Jackal's crazy, (laughs) y'all. Jackal seems unkillable because of his cool arm. (laughs) Which, like, kind of was how he was in the last book. Uh, We're getting a lot. Like, the true bastards are leveling up a lot. We've got... 100%. We've got Jackal, who now is, like good at magic the greatest fighter of all time apparently kind of invincible and then fetching now has these incredible abilities so fetching is like gonna be a one-man army at this point or one woman army in this case right right she like could it seems like she could have taken out a lot of the castile by herself because Nothing was effective against her. Right. The The bastards are like quality over quantity, it seems to me. They seem to be the epitome of quality over mm-hmm. quantity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they are just, every one of them is an MVP. Except for Polecat. Except for Polecat. <laughs> and Culprit, who's, who's, uh, who's a rookie, but is... Uh, showing his showing his inexperience several times in this he's still learning he's still learning luke he is he'll get there he'll get there um but yeah i back to uh shreka i think her i think that you're probably right we haven't seen her her do her her skyrim yell at anyone low enough for it to really do its damage yet right right like i would be interested to see just a demo you know like Mm -hmm. like fetching takes a old dusty hog and puts it out at like 50 yards and he's like okay shreka have at it let's see what this thing will do give us a give us a field goal (laughs) exactly exactly show us how far this thing will go (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that. My The other thing that I really love about Shreka is how into Hoodwink she is. Mm-hmm. There's only a few instances of of her revealing her attraction to Hoodwink, but it always takes me off guard, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's it's definitely there as like a great kind of I guess it's like funny. Oh, it's yeah, it's very funny. But I I I love that we get some hoodwink love in. Right. <laughs> like get it, girl. <laughs> because when you think of hoodwink like the last thing that I would think of is like r- romantically interesting. Right, right. But he does have like a very specific and different demeanor. Mhm. And you have to think that that difference is going to be attractive to some people. Ooh. Luke, what are our thoughts that Shreka isn't actually the one who's attracted to Hoodwink and it's Bellico? <laughs> okay. I hear you. So, so, so Bellico's in there, you know, throwing, throwing his opinions around a little mm-hmm. bit. He's got he's had some friends that are very good, right? The guy that that uh whose arm Jackal has now. Yep. And so <laughs> he knows how to pick them. Mm-hmm. Right. Hoodwink here really starting to impress. Right. Right. He sees Hoodwink and he's like, "Hey Shreka, if you get me alone with Hoodwink, uh I'll give you whatever you want." Mm-hmm. I just need five minutes, and you, know, you can let my tongue do all the work. <laughs> right, because because uh, Bellico has got to finish has got to finish like filling out his starting lineup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and he's missing he's missing a hoodwink type. This is so yeah. true. He's got his warrior in Jackal. He's got his like priest guy in Zerko. We need that like spy master role filled. Mm-hmm. That's a hoodwink mm-hmm. for sure. It's definitely a hoodwink. I will say, it seems like we got a little hint here that Bellico and Zerko might not be like a hundred percent working together. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Zerko is kind of taking advantage of his position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not did. sure what will come of that. Something to something to to look out for. Yeah, I I think this is very true. I will say, like, I'm still not necessarily convinced that Zerko is is a bad guy. Like, oh no, I'm not either. I'm not convinced about the fact that he's only in it for himself. Granted, something you mentioned last episode that could actually come into play now that we know what this sludge is, is that. Maybe Zerko does have a reason to want the sludge. True. I mean, okay, so we saw that one reason that he helped fetching out is because Starling asked him to. Yes. But he does he does have this uh this little teapot full of sludge. Right, which apparently can make a half orc super powerful. Mm-hmm. So potentially we're we're gonna have a turn from zerko but so mm. far i've not seen i've not seen a lot of the evidence that we're getting granted i think we should say here fetching has a lot more experience with zerko than we do you know we've just we've just met zerko really we've seen him a few times at at a few parties but it sounds like fetching went to middle school and high school with zerko so she's got the like mm-hmm backstory about him sure sure 100 percent. right because we get the stories but until you're in the room with the guy you don't really know him no no so so we'll have to see what's going on with zirko and i imagine we'll learn more in future books about zirko but Mm -hmm. but yeah i'm not super convinced yet that he is as self-interested as fetching makes him out to be Sure, sure. I think that's fair. I okay. So we we haven't actually talked about it much, but Jackal comes back in this section, mm-hmm. and I really want to hear Jackal's story now. Oh yeah, 
Well, this little he gives a he gives a little hint on like what he's been up to, and it's like that sounds great. I want to hear all about it. It's like stop what we're doing, because we're all gonna sit around this fire and listen to Jackal tell his story from the last right. year, and like give us just a broad summary, guy, because it sounds like you've got a lot of details that are fascinating, but we got to hear the whole. We got to hear this thing, man. Yeah. I'm with you on this. I think I think they should have been night one. They they get out over the stream and they sit down and they're like, I know that there's a big scary orc coming after us and will probably murder us all if he catches us out in the open. But I'm going to say worth it to hear what Jackal's been up to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. say I need well, to bonding exercise as well. Right, because Jackal's missed out on a couple of these guys coming in. Right, like Culprit? Right. Barely even knows Culprit. Barely knows him. I'm sure there's plenty of opportunities in this storytelling to get some to get some jokes in. Mm-hmm. Slugger? That'd be great. Come on. <laughs> this is going to be random, mm-hmm. but I think that Shreka calls, calls Jackal cheekbones at one point because he, he's hot yes yes and i from now on for some reason because of that picture jackal as like hot squidward this is exactly what i was thinking of when you said that yeah (laughs) i think fair enough i think fair enough that's my new image yeah 100 percent. it's a good look for a half orc (laughs) i think it is okay but we're uh we're walking around our dusty plane and we get in a little fight with Ruin. Mm-hmm. A lot of things unravel here. I'm going to say I wanted to spend a little more time with with Ruin. I wanted to have a little convo with him. Right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against the way that the story went because it was great. Mm-hmm. I just, I was really, I was really hyped up when Fetch goes to sit down with him. But, uh, but he's not talking. I don't know. He's not talking. Yeah. Yeah. I was bummed about that, too, because the glimpses that we saw from Fetch seemed fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And that is a mystery that I'm very interested to dive into. Also, because it gives us a glimpse onto this continent that we have no idea what happens there except murder and rape. And it's mm-hmm. like... There's other stuff too, like cool dogs and forest. Right. Very cool murder dogs. Cool murder dogs, jungle, and big orc guy who we're, we're stabbing we're stabbing bones into people. The whole thing. Right. It's fascinating. It also poses an interesting question. If ruin is a full-blooded orc are there other orcs out there that are like guys this is too much are there other orcs out there that are like hey i know i was like from birth you told me i needed to be strong and the weak would get eaten and uh i needed to just like take what i wanted but i don't like that so i'm gonna say no okay. you're, you're saying because because ruin seems to be like somewhat decent as compared to other orcs right right ruin ruin like kills the other orc mages and then Mm -hmm. like spares fetching is like protective pretty protective of fetching and then also like is chill now Mm -hmm. like like maybe there's a maybe there's an opposition party in orc land that's actually very good but hasn't gained much traction. Right. They're they're so far in the minority that they're not even able to like come out with their positions for fear of being well, you know, destroyed. Right. Utterly destroyed. They're only getting like they're only getting like two seats in parliament. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And their views are so radical they're not even willing to say what they are. Right. That's I think that's probably I think that's probably happening. I just I think it's interesting that we get an or we see an orc that isn't just like pure bloodlust and it makes me wonder mm-hmm. if we have a centaur situation 
Okay. Because the centaurs from before this book, we thought were just like bloodthirsty animals who on the betrayer moon, they like were let loose and that's when they attacked. But the rest of the time they were just like terrible, terrible creatures. What if, what if these orcs, it's something similar, right? What if, okay. I think it might not necessarily be the case that the origin story about the orcs was them actually being created one day. But what if their like society and culture was transformed one day to make them mm. like terrible, right? So before okay. that event, they were just like chilling in the forest. They were just like having a great time. Maybe they ate coconuts. Maybe they just like had a bunch of monkey friends. Maybe the ruin was like there that was what they were like okay but they're like lifting weights over there but like being really nice about it. but they're super supportive of each other and they're like Mm -hmm. hey actually if you keep your back straight while you're deadlifting then you can prevent later spinal injury and you can get a much cleaner lift you're you're doing a great job but like that's my only just my only comment just all solid advice yeah right uh and then there was some like event that happened right or like maybe they invoked the ire of some like god because there are gods right that's established in this world the gods are real maybe a god was just like i'm bored i'm gonna make these nice chill meatheads terrible and poof Mm -hmm. i think it's very possible there could be hope for the orcs guys could be what a wild turn that would be huh because I will say, I had the thought that, like, orcs seem just completely bad in these books. Evil. Pure evil. Yeah. But a lot of the time, like, authors like to do shades of gray, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, it's hard to tell who's, who. like, not all bad guys are really bad and humanize them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I was actually surprised that we hadn't seen that for orcs yet. Yeah, I will say, so we, we did see it for like the centaurs, right? Centaurs aren't aren't mm-hmm. all bad, but like, I don't think there was really any shades of gray with Nob. Yeah, but that's like specific, one character, I mean. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And, and I think we saw with gray bastards, with the Cavaleros, there were even some that were chill. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, yeah, I think this is a fair point. Um, I'm interested to see. Also, Jonathan seems to like to take a character, or yeah, take something that we think we know and kind of flip it. Like with Ruin, mm-hmm. we we see the flip, and then with Crafty, there's a flip. Um, and even with the centaurs in this book, we get a flip. I. I'm curious if we're going to get a flip with the orcs or if it's just going to be like, nope, they're bloodthirsty animals and we should murder them all. Don't worry about it. Right. Maybe. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Something else that Jonathan seems to like to do so far is he loves a good Star Wars hand chopping off. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jackal's had it done twice. Jackal is essentially the Anakin of our story so far. Mm-hmm. Mead gets one taken off. Mead's got one. I think yeah. I think those are our three right now. But okay. it still seems like a lot of a lot of hands. We're losing a lot of hands. Sluggard loses an appendage. Um Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's just a lot of big injuries though Mm -hmm. well sort of like a lot of people get shot with bolts Mm -hmm. but the only long-term injuries that we really see are burns from shed snake and appendage removals that's true that's true we're not seeing like yeah i've got a really sore shoulder because i took a bolt there five years ago and it tore some of the tendons, so it's like mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, you know, pull back on the on the crossbow. 
Right, right. No torn ACLs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like we I would expect Oats to have so many of these little injuries. Mm-hmm. For sure. But but no. And maybe it's because the resiliency of half orcs, like they just don't get these kind of injuries. Their body is very good at healing. That's an option. But the ones that we see that don't go away seem to just be burns and appendage removal. Everything else you can you can recover from. That's true. That's true. I'm jealous. <laughs> it sounds great. It sounds really good. I will say father seems to be suffering from a lot of, of chronic injuries in his old age. Yeah, but he's like 100. Is he that old? Well, okay, I... It, He's one of the originals. Hmm. Like that founded the Hoofs, isn't he? I thought he was like one generation lower. I don't know. I don't remember if he was. I don't think he. No, no, no. Because he adopted his name from the previous Hoofmaster. Okay. Yeah. He definitely is not the the OG Hoofmaster. But I think he is like right, because... the next one. I think he's number two. Right. Okay. Yeah, because all the all the OG Hoofmasters had the plague. Yes. Yeah. I think. Okay. He. Okay. Yeah. He's still very old, though. Yes. Um. One other kind of similar. I'm very jealous that I just want to say, even though we've already talked about it. Pretty neat that Fetch is just like unstoppable now, right? <laughs> it's very cool. It's very cool, and was was a great reveal at the end here. When she just gets shot and the bolt shatters, and I'm like, uh, "Did I? I, re- I read that twice because I was like, hold uh-huh. on, what? Why?" And then it's kind of revealed, like, "Oh, she's got these powers too now. Very cool." Uh, yeah, we love that. Fetching and Jackal, that team now is just like unstoppable, right? It's a it's a power couple. It's a for power sure. couple for sure. Um, my concern is their couple name. Ooh. Because we're talking like, it, it can't be Jetching, right? N- no. What are their, what are their original names? Her, she's Isabet. What is his original name? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, I feel like you got to go. So I, but also you can, you don't have to combine. You can just come up with a crazy hoof name. Oh, right? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Just give them a new, a new couple name, right? Just OP, just overpowered. <laughs> yeah, too good. One, one's the O, one's the P. Yeah, there you go. Easy, done. Well, I'm glad we <laughs> solved that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, pretty good little, pretty good little fight scene that we get when they come in and just dominate the, uh, the Castile. Yeah, that was incredibly satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the reason why it was so satisfying was because literally the entire book, our true bastards are losing. The whole book, every single time we're losing. We're running out of food. We're dying. There's a bunch of dogs chasing us. We're losing. We get kicked out by the tines. Oh, this sucks. We're losing constantly over and over. And then we get to the Castile and just destroy it. And it's so satisfying to watch it go so well. It was so satisfying to see them just crushing it because the whole book, they're at the opposite end of things. Plus the conclusion to to what she sent. I forget her name. Um, The the like Alhamria. Or, or something yeah. like that. The, like, beautiful frailing that she sends. Right. Right. Some conclusion to that I, that I was not expecting so early, actually. Right. I wasn't either. But pretty good. Pretty good. And also, great. So she she sends out this last moment. Opens up all of the... Well, I don't know what kind of birds they are. But whatever messenger, like messenger birds, birds that they have. Yeah. And they all have, I forget what the message is, but it's very intense. She's like, <laughs> and I love that it's like, obviously it's not, it's coming with no warning, right? Because like 
this is the way that you send messages and this is the first one that's being sent with this news. I just love the image of some like message boy getting 50 birds that all say this horrifying message. Just like got to go tell, got to go tell the boss some bad news. <laughs> also, you have to imagine the first couple people that read it are like, what? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what does this mean? This It's got to be some kind of riddle, right? Let's figure this out. Mm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, circle the rhyming words. Hold on. Circle the rhyming words. Sometimes that helps. Because, yeah, she never really says, like, what what they did. She has never really, like, hey, it's war time. She's just like, mm, you're going to be afraid of us. Right. Which so, is effective. It's I'm very effective. It was a great message. Uh, outstanding job. I'm glad she workshopped it a little bit before sending it out because I imagine those early drafts hope, yeah. weren't great. Yeah, I hope she bounced it off some some people. I also think it's really interesting that they even teach them how to read and write. Ooh. Like those skills don't. Well, they use they use the messenger birds. Yeah, but like one even the hoofs do. You don't need everybody to be able to use a messenger bird, right? Yeah, but. Am I going to trust Greg over here with my very important message? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I just think it's interesting because it seems like such a niche purpose to be able to read and write and like takes a lot of time to learn that skill. Right. That's fair. Especially when they're like, we got to train you how to fall off of a hog in 80 different ways. And also, after we're done with that, we're going to do the alphabet. Mm-hmm. They, wait, they wait to teach you the alphabet until then. Until after the hog. I think that's yeah. smart. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. But the... No, just great ending. Very satisfying. Yeah, are we... Are we hype for this war? Because I'll say I... When it was first presented, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Like, I think I think it would be fun to watch, but I don't know if this is going to go good for our hoofs. And then I got convinced by fetching speech, and then I got very hype for this war. Okay. I'm very... Sure. So Dan is very excited for this war that's coming, and I can't wait to find out what, what kind of shenanigans we get up to. Yes. Yes, for sure. It's just the thing for me is that it's a weird it's a weird war in that like what do the two sides want? You know, like I don't really get quite Hispartha's incentives here. Well, Hispartha still kind of like claims the lots, right? They just let the hoofs live on them. Right, but I don't know if you're like risking a war for that you know what i mean yeah i think it's it's kind of explained at the end here when fetching kills the terrible human mm-hmm. or well actually that's not true fetching does not kill the terrible human i think it's dacia who does it oh yeah but regardless the human is like yeah the nobles aren't gonna allow you to do this their pride is not gonna let them like let you have this because if sure. if you can do this then all the people in hispartha who are basically slaves economic slaves okay. will potentially see an opening and so they have to like crush the rebellion early and i think also hispartha has plans like fetching says it in her speech that hispartha has already fired the first shot essentially it's just been a slow start to the war like they haven't declared all-out war but they have been like killing half orcs encroaching on hoof territory giving hoof territory away to other like other groups so his sparta has already like started the war it just hasn't been a formal declaration and so I, th- I think the thing that his is trying to gain out of it is just the territory like they want to control the lots now right it will be it will be fun to read we haven't seen a ton of 
like half orcs on human fights. No. Other than just a few times where the half orcs just like dominate five guys at the whorehouse. <laughs> Completely twice. decimate them. Yeah. 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 It's going to be really interesting. And I, guess, and I guess this last moment, but I don't know if that really counts. Right. Right. I'm also interested to see what kind of allies the humans are able to rally because we have a few ideas of who the half orcs could pull in at various points, like maybe some Tyne action, maybe the centaurs will come in, uh, Strava is going to help out, and I'm like... Fetch can take about a thousand guys. Fetch could probably take a whole <laughs> army, but but it's going to be interesting to see what the humans are able to to work for this war, like where they're able to go with it, especially because when the orcs were constantly coming over the humans like developed this terrible plague as part of their strategy so they're definitely very capable when it comes to war i just i'm curious to see what what resources they're able to leverage here that's that's something i'm very interested to see i'm not excited about it because we definitely don't want them to win but but it's going to be interesting, I think. I'm excited. I can't I, I I wouldn't say this too often, but I'm excited for this war. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're excited. We'll we'll pick up the third book at some point, right? It's not out yet. I think it's potentially supposed to come out this summer. We will we'll, we'll hopefully circle back to it around that around the time it comes out Mm -hmm. but let's first do so we're not going to do full reviews right here right but let's do it let's do quick quick little reviews i'll go i'll go first i was very into the ending here and now as you can see i'm like very into getting the next book i will say the first half of this book i i was a little bit less into um maybe that's because everything was going poorly but this this last section that everything was like picking up we were getting revelations left and right things were starting to go interesting directions it's very into it yeah i i think i agree for the most part uh this book obviously jonathan i think does a great job with characters and a lot of the banter between everybody is very natural sounding very cool um really really like that i was also really into the ending the only thing i didn't like about this book was kind of the the idea that like everybody's got to be like family related which is very like i don't think this is necessarily jonathan's like something jonathan specifically has done wrong in this book but i think it's very common in like our culture's media and like art and literature is that like everybody's got to be related in some ways and like i think the worst offender of this is star wars how just like all Mm -hmm. of the main characters are related like directly to each other and it's like all right who can there's literally billions and billions of people out there and you have the people we're following are literally like all related come on now um Mm -hmm. Because they don't have to be, right? They could just be random strangers who are on these paths. So when when that was revealed that they were all related, I wasn't super into it. I think it made sense and it made a lot of stuff really like click into place very well. So I think it tied the story together well. But I just, that kind of trope, I wasn't super into. And I'm, I think I'm not super into as much. Now, that said, I really like this book. I really like the ending. I thought it was great. It was just that one piece that I, I just like, I think is very common, but I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. There was a, there was a lot of that at the end, um, but that's fine. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully when the, when the next book comes out, we'll probably, we'll probably be there. We'll probably be there for it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be doing something kind of interesting next week. For once. <laughs> Changing it up a little bit. We're going to be doing 
an episode with another podcast, a a little collaboration with the Fantasy In podcast. So we will be reading um, this short book called The Order of the Pure Moon Reflected in the Water. We'll be reading, finishing that for next week. And we'll be doing one episode, but split into two, basically. It'll be a longer episode where half the first half is on one of our podcasts and the second half is on the other. Um, so you'll just have to... So you can listen to one half on our on our podcast feed and the other half on the Fantasy Inns podcast feed. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. And in the meantime, Luke, you and I will be cooking up a fresh batch of hot takes. It's still being dumb nerds. 